Hey, business building warrior, it's Jim coming at you with another episode of Silent Sales Machine Radio. Today's guest is a coaching student of ours who started off going through the Proven Amazon course and now is successfully launching multiple ASINs or listings on Amazon. These aren't unique products, however. He hasn't invented anything. These aren't his own private label brands that he's launching. These are simply common products that he's easily able to get a hold of in whatever quantities he needs that he's bundled together in a unique way under his own branded label. He's gone through some of the training in the Proven Amazon course, including our bundle training and our Proven Brand Building training. And links to all of this, by the way, are going to be in our show notes today. But he's got a very creative process that he shares with us today. I think I counted up at least 15, if not more, golden nuggets of useful information in today's episode for any of us, on top of being a very motivating story. Now, something else I really enjoyed about today's conversation with Zahir is that he hasn't been doing this very long. He started off very slowly about a year ago, and he has a full-time job. He's a very busy guy, committing only a little bit of time here and there to the process. And when he sent in a few items, he noticed a short time later, some things started selling. And that got him a little more excited. So he committed a little bit more time. As we're rolling forward through time, it's only been three or four months, as you'll hear, that he's been actually going at this in any kind of serious way. But he's already built up a business that's getting some tremendous results. And the future is very, very bright for his business. Part of the beauty of what he's built is the fact that he now has listings on Amazon that no one else can sell against, and they're selling very well. He's seeing some significant numbers. He's operating at about a 24% net profit margin after all expenses, even though he's even running some paid ads on Amazon, which he talks about. Now, his numbers aren't huge yet, but keep in mind, he's only been doing this three months, and he's found multiple listings that belong only to him. And in some cases, they're selling like crazy. So he describes his entire process, how he did it. And you're going to really enjoy today's episode. Now, as a little disclaimer for anyone who's new, maybe this is your first podcast episode around here, strongly encourage you to listen to 5, 10, 15, maybe even 20 or more podcast episodes to get a real feel for what we teach around here. Because you're going to hear a theme over and over and over again. And virtually every episode of the last 250 episodes or so... We're talking to people who are finding success using the exact same strategy that Sahir tells us about today. That's the Amazon Replens model, which emerged from this community several years ago. We've been perfecting it and improving it over time, adding on creative new ways to find underserved listings on Amazon. And that's what we do better than anyone in the world around here, as evidenced by the hundreds of success stories on this podcast and in our Facebook group. I think we've got about 1,300 plus success stories tagged in our Facebook group from people who are using these strategies. It's a free group that you can go join at silentgym.com if you want to go see for yourself. That's where we're going to start you. 99.9% of all new Amazon sellers should be starting with the Amazon replens model because you can be putting money in the bank as you learn how to grow an Amazon business. Instead of spending a whole bunch of money and hoping it works out later, you can ramp up slowly putting money in the bank as you go. That's what we teach 
Zahir is just the latest example of someone who's following that path. We're going to mention multiple resources today as we're going through this episode. You don't have to furiously try to scribble down the websites on a piece of paper. Hey, you can just go to our show notes. Take a look there. There's links to everything we're going to talk about today, including our coaching program, the Proven Amazon course, some of the modules located inside the Proven Amazon course that we're going to reference as well. Easy descriptions there of what those courses are and what they do. But keep in mind, everything that we have to teach you about growing an Amazon business can be found in one place, provenamazoncourse.com. As I'm recording this, it's just $29 to get into it. And you get all the modules day one. If you like what you see, you pay 29 bucks a month and you keep learning and growing your business. If you don't, hey, ask for a refund. Happy to give it back to you. But that course has been the foundation of numerous, hundreds of recent success stories, thousands over the years. We can't wait to make you our next success story. So with that introduction, let's jump over and get into the story of Mr. Zahir Patel. So Zahir, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure, my friend. I can't wait to get into your story, man. Let's go. So uh, let's see. I, I've always been interested in e-commerce. Um, my parents had an IT background and um, I've always been into computers and I do have business background. So um, e-commerce definitely interested me, but you know, everything I hear about Amazon has pretty much always just been private label and things like that. Um, I would always like go on Alibaba, start looking for what I thought were deals for things that I was interested in. But, you know, I never really pulled the trigger. And then um, I think it was about maybe three years ago, one of my friends, um, she told me that she was starting some products and she was getting interested in Amazon. She told me about um, different tools and things like that that she was using. So I started looking more into it and I stumbled across your Facebook group. Uh, that was about maybe, yeah, about two years ago. And... You know, I, I kind of just lingered around. I would just see it kind of pop up on my news feed every now and then. And I would read through a few things. But, you know, I wasn't I wasn't fully into it, I guess you could say. And um, I don't know. Then just one day I, I saw like some posts about a podcast and I looked you up. I, I like listening to podcasts, especially while driving to work and things like that before the whole COVID situation. And so I wanted a break from what I was typically listening to. So I just decided to look up Silent Jim and uh, found your podcast. Uh, I don't remember which was the first episode that I've listened to. I know I've listened to well over 100, 150 at least. But, you know, it kind of really piqued my interest, especially the replant thing. I had no idea that you could actually buy things off store shelves and um, sell for a profit. And so that kind of intrigued me. So in... 2021 is when I really started listening to your podcast. Oh, sorry. In 2020 is when I really started listening to your podcast. And 2021 is actually when I decided, okay, let me go sign up with Amazon. Let's see what this is all about. So I signed up for the seller account within about a month. This was in June. And in July, I converted it to the professional seller account. And I'm not even a big Amazon buyer. I like, I, I'm an instant gratification type of person, right? If I want something, I want to go out and buy it then. So I wasn't, you know, I knew about Amazon. I knew about shopping. I knew they offered like all kinds of products and things like that. And I knew about the third party selling, but I didn't know as much about it until I started actually selling on Amazon. So I started the seller account in July, the professional seller account in July. That's also when I signed up for PAC. And I went through the Amazon 101 
and I went through the um, replunch training. And, right. and for a point of reference to here, that's about a year ago as we're recording this, just so everyone knows if they're watching yeah. this later. We're talking about stuff that happened a year ago. See, so signed up for the proven Amazon course, went through our basic replend path that we that we basically encourage 99% of all new sellers to go down. So just wanted to interject that in case anyone's confused, provenamazoncourse.com. But you keep it going, buddy. Yep. And so I signed up for that. Yeah, you're right. It's been a year this month. <laughs> yeah. And um, right then I also signed up for Keepa right away you know, for a few dollars a month. And, you know, understanding Keepa, the basic concepts um, was pretty simple. Um, at least for me, it was, uh, like I said, you know, I grew up in like the IT field and plus my professional field is business. So I just, I just you know, it just kind of clicked. Like the graphs, um, you know, the Keepa charts with the green. Sure, um, the the, it looks like a heart monitor. Exactly, yeah. So that, so that just made sense to me. So I did all that. <laughs> I... Um, and I didn't do much else. So what happened is um, in July, I went ahead and um, did the um, professional sales account, Keepa. And then in August, I went ahead and got my EIN, the federal uh, tax um, EIN. And um, my parents actually, after my mom um, left her IT job, she um, had to leave for disability reasons. Uh, they decided to buy a business, a gas station convenience store. And so um, my dad was still working full time and I was in college at that point. So me and my mom were kind of running the store with my dad's support after he got off work. And through that, I got to know a whole bunch of distributors and wholesalers in our area. And wow, that's cool. I love yeah. that. I didn't <laughs> know they, that about your story. Okay. That, that's very interesting. So you're so your parents buy a gas station and you're helping them out and you're meeting all the vendors who are right. supplying you know, I, I got to imagine that's a pretty good list of vendors, like a small convenience gas station. How many vendors are we talking? Give me a point of reference. I'm interested in knowing. So, well, obviously you have the major vendors, like, you know, all the national brands and things like that, that you see, like, you know, the sodas and all that stuff. Sure. Um, I, so I had, I had knowledge of those vendors as well as um, there's a big company that provides to gas stations. Like they pretty much come into a gas station and they'll set you up from ground zero. If you have I no you. inventory or anything like that, they'll come in, put in all the products for you, the pricing and everything. And so I knew of that company as well. But again, these are large companies, right? They're not sure. going to just, uh, you know, sell something to me um, if I want like, you know, a case of something. Yeah. Two or three units of this to test on Amazon. That's a true. Right. Yeah. Right. But with that being said, there are, smaller wholesalers that are focused just in C-stores, convenience stores. And I know of all of them, as well. not all of them, but um, quite a few around my area within like maybe even a 10, 15 minute drive. And they have huge warehouses that pretty much supply everything. I mean, automotive parts like um, Armor All, Fix a Flat and all that stuff. They do all the groceries, all the candies, all the brands, OTC medicines, uh, shaving cream, dog food, everything, right? Awesome. Um, cause, cause the convenience store is a one-stop shop yeah. essentially. Yeah. And so they, they pretty much carry all of those items. And I know one of the convenient or one of the wholesalers and I was able to get, because of my parents history with them. And also because I think, um, they also deal with a lot of smaller vendors. They had a minimum purchase order of a hundred dollars. of That's, $100. Really That's great. <laughs> right. And so, um, obviously, you know, a lot of, um, sellers when they start on Amazon, ungating is an issue. And so I, I wanted to, you know, jump past that hurdle very quickly. And to me, you know, putting $100, $150 as a cost of business to get ungated and then sell those products at, 
you know, break even, maybe even a slight loss. It's just a cost of business to be able to open the gates for so many more opportunities. Oh, sure. Yeah. Ungating gets way more attention than it deserves as a hurdle. It's really the smallest imaginable speed bump once you truly understand, you know, the many different ways there are to get over it. The easiest way to get past all the ungating issues from my vantage point is sell 30 or 40 units of anything. Right. And the gates just start falling open. People get all worked up over it. Should I pay this company $400 to get me ungated in this category? Yeah. No, please don't. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't advise that. Even though I did, you know, when I was first looking, I saw those types of websites, but I was like, this, you know, Amazon, from my experience, you know, I mean, Seller Central can be somewhat, or not Seller Central, but the seller support can be somewhat of a challenge at times. I haven't had any experience. Every time I've reached out to Seller Support, They've been, they've helped me for whatever I needed. Yeah. But, but I've heard horror stories. You know what you see here is bad news floats. Right. right? That's true. If you call a company a hundred times and they treat you like gold, you may or may not say anything. And then that one time you call and you get that guy who had a really bad day and he doesn't help you, you blast it out to all your friends, you know? (laughs) I think we're seeing a lot of that because from my vantage point, I couldn't agree more. Amazon right. support is phenomenal, especially contrasted with, say, what we had in the eBay days, go back 15, 18 years ago. There was no f- support phone number. You could wake up and your account was gone and there's nothing you could do about it. <laughs> so in contrast to that, man, it's the it's the golden age of support for sellers from my vantage yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, I've been very satisfied with their support, with how they've been able to help me. Uh, maybe had a sm- couple of small hiccups, but nothing that wasn't able to be resolved eventually. Good to hear. Right. And so uh, going back to the story, so I ended up getting a few items to get ungated. I remember my first purchase was just shy of $150 at that wholesaler, but it got me ungated in groceries and OTC medicine and topicals and pets. And also all of them were brand names. So I got ungated and uh, uh, yeah, ungated up the, with the brand. And a lot of brands too. Right. Now, OTC medicine was a little tricky. Yeah, um, because you have to provide some um, documents from was it the FDA website or there's there's some website where you have to be able to provide to show that you have like actual authentic um, type of products and things like that and they are certified. Right. right. Um, some extra luckily, steps. It's right. Kind of like with hazmat, there's a little test you have to take, and you know they make you jump through some hoops, and those hoops change from time to time, but it's worth it to jump through the hoops. Mm-hmm. And actually, at that point. I guess this, I don't know if this still happens, but at least when I signed up as a seller, I got contacted by somebody at seller support yeah. within within maybe 30, 45 days of me signing up. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I already had all of my products that I was getting ungated in. And I asked that person the question about the OTC medicine, and he directed me where to go, told me exactly where to go, put in all my information, send the pictures, and he personally went ahead and ungated me right then and there. No, so, that's interesting. So yeah. he was able to do the ungating during your was he was he just verifying your identity at that point? No, so the identity verification was very easy. I didn't have to do a video call or anything like that. Just provided all my information, the pictures right. of the IDs. It was more of just support to help to see how I can start selling and growing an Amazon business. They contacted you. They contacted me. Yes, that's awesome. I hear of those stories. I think if you get a little momentum and you start selling a few items, they notice. And I do know this, that Amazon has KPIs that their team is supposed to be hitting. You know, they metrics, they're, they're tracking of how many new sellers are we bringing onto the platform. They want more sellers. They need more sellers, helping them keep the shelves full. And 
they know it's part of their corporate culture that we as third-party sellers fill the shelves far more efficiently and more profitably for Amazon than Amazon ever can. That and makes so total They sense. really do love us. Yeah, that, that does make total sense to me now that I'm looking back at it. Yeah, but actually, this was all before I even started selling any product on Amazon that he had reached out to me. So that That's was pretty dumb. cool. I'm right. glad you mentioned that because I, 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 I'm so far removed from that part of the process that I don't get to hear those experiences very often. So that's cool. Yeah. And it was very welcoming. I mean, you know, he had sent me an email and everything um, with different tips and guides and um, some videos on seller support and things like that or seller central. Mm-hmm. And um, that was very helpful. But, you know, and this was all in August. So I went ahead, uh, got on gated. Uh, listed some of the or listed the stuff that I had bought on Amazon, all as merchant fulfilled. And then I got sidetracked into other things that I was doing in life, got sidetracked with life, with work, and things like that. And I didn't really do anything with Amazon. I was over here paying for PAC uh, monthly and I was paying for the um, professional account, but didn't really do much. <laughs> and then November came around and this was when my first sale was. And I remember exactly what it was and when it happened. It was the day after Thanksgiving, right around 10 a.m. Eastern. I was go- I was outside for a walk. It was I was ready to go and meet some friends and go for some Black Friday shopping. More like people watching. I enjoy people watching. <laughs> like on days like that, just sitting at the coffee shop. But um, I was walking outside and my phone vibrated and showed that I sold an item. And it was 10 two-packs of Advil. <laughs> <laughs> So my first sale was an OTC medicine and it was merchant It's fulfilled. a good thing you had notifications turned on as well. Right. Because <laughs> you had to ship it. You said you were merchant fulfilling versus sending it into FBA. So you had to actually ship the stuff yourself. Right. Yeah. And so, so that weekend I went and I got um, a couple of boxes from um, a local store and some bubble wrap. Wrapped it all up. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So that weekend I went ahead and did that, got the shipment ready. But also that weekend, the next day, this is when I started realizing that if you sell one thing, Amazon likes you. And then they'll start, you know, bumping you up on the list of like sellers. Yep. So then the next day I sold beef jerky. <laughs> and so, so like I said, I was just buying things to get un- undated in and the brands and all yeah. that. Yeah. These are the things that you bought. You bought them in August and then September, right. October, November, three months later, you start seeing sales finally. And right. then when the sales started coming, they started popping in pretty heavy. That's interesting. Right. And again, this was all merchant fulfilled. Yeah, and you're shipping so, it yourself. Right. And then I had some other spices and things like that. And those all started selling between, well, the end of November, because the, my first sale was you know the Friday after Thanksgiving, so right at the end of November. And so I started having some more sales in December, small amounts, all merchant fulfilled. And I was like, that, that was like when it clicked, like, wow, this actually does work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then after that in December, I started getting excited. Like, you know, I started going to where everybody probably starts is Walmart. That's where I first went. Looking at store shelves, um, taking well, actually I wasn't even taking pictures at that point. I was just standing there with my headphones on. And um in December also I signed up for Inventory Lab, uh, which at that point was a 30-day free trial because I wanted to use Scoutify. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I can go ahead and be able to see the, the percentages, the, um, 
this, not the sales, but um, the profit margin and things like that. So yeah. I want to be able to see all that. Um, and then it had a direct link to Keepa that you could just like, you know, press a button and go directly to Keepa. So it was all right there integrated. And it was a 30 day free trial. So I was like, let me go ahead and try it. I see a lot of people posting about it in the Facebook group. Obviously that's not, um, you know, it's not something that anybody needs to take on because sellers, Seller Central or the Amazon seller app provides the same type of information. You just have to, you know, take a couple more steps. Right. And so I did that. So I was standing in the stores I was looking at products at Walmart mostly. Um, I did go to other um, national stores and also some local ones, but not really much local. And so I found a few things and um, sent in my first shipment on December 23rd. I had, yeah, I I had about almost two weeks of, I was on PTO vacation for Christmas and everything. Mm -hmm. So I had had a nice time to like, you know, do my prepping, packing and all of that. So I went ahead and set up my first shipment in December. It uh, arrived, actually it arrived on the 24th because um, the fulfillment center that I typically sent to is just about an eight hour drive away. So whenever I send something out by about four or 5 p.m. at night, it's usually delivered to that fulfillment center by the next morning. Oh, cool. So I thought that was pretty cool. Now that's only when I send in a small shipment. Now when we get to bigger shipments, then obviously, you know, it's not going everywhere. Right. And so I thought that was pretty cool. Then I started getting some more sales and I started seeing in January, um, sales were starting to come in. And to me, you know, me selling like $500 in the month of January was like, wow, right? Because I'm coming from selling what, like $40, $1,500 in November and December. So uh, that's how it went. My first shipment went on in December 23rd. Sales started coming in January. And also in this shipment, I had other products that I bought from the wholesale that I was trying to just liquidate and all of that. Plus things that I had gotten from um, Walmart. I think that was the only place that I had sourced at that point. So went ahead and did that, saw the effect of it. So then I went out some more and uh, I quickly realized that even though Walmart has a lot of products and they, a lot of the stuff does sell, but I wasn't happy with the profit margin. Mm-hmm. And the competition of sellers. So uh, I started shifting to local stores. Over here, we have a farmer's market that I've looked on their website. They have like seven or eight locations. They're all in Georgia. There's some grocery stores that are just in the Southeast. Um, Also some local, like international type of stores, like Indian grocery stores, um, Caribbean grocery stores, things like that. Hispanic grocery stores. I love those those little off the beaten path stores. Exactly. Cool. And I'm pretty sure that I did that because I heard that in one of your podcasts. <laughs> oh, good. Um, and, and it made sense, right? Because I, yeah. I remember you, you also saying your podcast, like one of the products that you sell, you have no idea what it says. Like it's not even in the same language. As we you. still sell it. Right. I know exactly which product you're talking about. Yeah. I pay, and, and, I pay seven or eight bucks a box and sell it for $24 several times a week. And there's one or two other sellers that pop on and off the listing from time to time. I, I honestly... The box, I can see it in my head. I have, there's no English on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I remember you saying that. And the farmer's market that I go to, a lot of the stuff that they have is just for that um, nationality where it's, again, the same thing, like no English on it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, even the bar, or not the bar, but the nutrition label, that's the only thing that's in English. And it's stuck on with a, like, you know, tape, right? Um, like a sticky paper because. I guess they have to do it for FDA reasons or something. I'm not too sure, but that's the only thing that's in English. Right. And I remember hearing on another podcast where if you can't really tell what the brand is or brand name, manufacturer, anything like that, go ahead and use the Amazon seller app. And they have like, when you um, hit the camera, 
it not only scans for barcodes, but it also looks at the picture and tries to find pictures that yeah. match it. Yeah, photo recognition. Have you right. found products that way? No. Not yet? <laughs> I, I tried. I, I, not, okay, I haven't found the same products. I found products that are similar. Right. And you can get an idea maybe what the brand is that way. You know, it'll recognize the pattern on the box or something. And I've found the right brand. I can't say I've ever found a great product that way with just the camera, but I've heard others who have. Right, right. And, um, you know, that's that's something that I haven't really explored much. I did try it a few times. It didn't work out so well for me. Sometimes it did, but for yeah. the most part, it didn't. Sometimes it brings up completely unrelated items and you're like, this is a waste. But other times it nails it. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy how accurate that, that camera feature can be. And for those who don't know what we're talking about in Seller Central on the app, on your smartphone, you can click on the little camera icon and, and you can point it at a barcode and it's really good at reading those. But you can also just point it like, you know, at the cover of a book or something and try it, a book off your shelf and it will recognize the writing and the lettering and the the color patterns it will bring bring up that product on Amazon. It's pretty cool, and it, it's about as accurate as that tech can be. I suppose they've put some money into it, so that's a good way to figure out these products. If you have no idea what it is, well, you don't need to know what it is. All you need to know is what can I buy it for and what's it selling for. How often does it sell? That's true, that's right? True. You don't need to know what it is. Yeah, yep, and so. Um... I did that. I tried that as well as, um, you know, other different types of sourcing methods that I've seen on Facebook plus on the pack course. Um, and I found a few, uh, few good winners that I'm actually still selling. So that was January where I started finding some more replans. I found a great brand actually. That was like you mentioned, like, you know, finding underserved ASINs, which, um, I did find underserved ASINs with this brand, but then I ended up finding out that this brand itself was underserved with, the quality of photos that were on Amazon, um, the quality of the listings were fairly low and it was still getting, you know, a decent amount of sales, um, a decent amount of drops. And the sellers were very, um, they didn't fluctuate too much and they were never high. I think at the max, I saw maybe six sellers on something that was dropping a good 25, 30 times yeah. a month. So selling a hundred times or so a month or more. At 25, right. 30, maybe two or 300, even depending on, uh, but selling at a very steady clip and only a handful of other sellers at a profitable net margin, that's an underserved ASIN. So this brand had a handful of those, huh? It did. So I, I enjoy selling those. Even, even right now, the ROI on it's like 170%. Net is, I can't even remember, but it's, it's up there, you know? And, and it cost me, I think it's like 369, 370. Plus, um, this place doesn't take um, resale for tax exempt, so plus tax, which is in for grocery over here, it's about two to one half percent, depending on the city. So yes, you know, I started selling those products as well as some other ones that I'd found um, through um, sourcing through Keepa and Scottify. And uh, you know, at that point, I kind of got tired—not tired of RA because I enjoy going to the stores, looking at different products, looking at what's new, and I know what's suggested is also to look at the empty spots on the shelves to right. see what's getting empty. And I also remember hearing on a podcast, "Don't always look what's at eye level; look up and look down." Yeah, that's and, my buddy Oscar. Oscar, I was yeah. just texting with him. I told you before we hit record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. don't look at the middle shelf. Look at the top, look high, look low. <laughs> right. Yeah, but you're right. In the stuff that's sold out too, there's a reason it's sold out. So yeah, you can get some great ideas that way. Good tips, man. Yep, exactly. And so um, I was doing that, but then I started also taking pictures. But like I said, I found 
this product or this brand that I felt was underserved. Now I was selling and still am, but at that point, I think I was selling six or seven variations of the same product, not the same product, sorry, of the same brand, but six or seven different flavors or sizes and things like that. Right. By the way, I, I, I'm a huge believer in having all of your tools in your tool belt, even if you don't need them. So through PAC, I also did the bundling, group, uh, bundling course with Lisa and Jenny. Mm-hmm. I'm part of the Replants Facebook group. Good to you. Um, I've done the Proven Brand Bundling. I'm right now in OA Simplified. I do want to one day get into wholesale with Rich Potter. Not there yet, but that is um, on my list. But with that being said, that bundling group with um, Lisa and Jenny, I really like that idea because it was kind of a mix of private label with replant. Yeah. And it's all the benefits of private label without any of the risk. Right. And so in February, I started looking a lot more into it. And again, I was still sourcing different products. And so in February, I started really looking into bundles. And I saw what my profit net margins were and things like that for some of these products that I was selling for that brand. I was like, hey, let me go ahead and try to sell them together. (laughs) And I did. And it ended up being successful for a moment. I did some ad spends and things like that to get momentum behind it because it was to what I consider an underserved brand. And it was getting great traction when I first started. And then somehow I fell on, like I dropped one of the, um, the products that I was selling and the lid kind of opened up a little bit and I realized that the seal was broken on the lid. And so ever since then, I'm checking all the seals of all the products that I buy to make sure that they're all sealed correctly. We do some quality control, right? Because I want the customer, the end user. First of all, I don't want them to have a bad experience, especially if I'm doing a bundle, because that bundle is an extension of me. And it's not like there are 20 other sellers on it to where the ratings will start keep on coming up, right? Mm. So one bad rating can really hurt a bundle, especially if it's me. Right. And so I do a lot of quality control. Now, that first bundle that I created... I found out that one of the products in that bundle, I guess it was maybe like a manufacturer defect, but the seal tends to come off very quickly right as you twist the cap open. Mm -hmm. Or at least that's what it looked like to me because almost every single one that I was opening, I would look and the seal was halfway torn off or a quarter way torn off. And this particular um, product was a spice, right? A seasoning type of thing. And I love cooking. I know cooking. And I also know that once the seal is broken, that's when air starts getting into it, which causes some moisture, right. which degrades the seasoning. Exactly. It's chunky and things like that. So the customer isn't going to be happy with it, especially if it's sitting in an Amazon warehouse where it, you know, it can get pretty hot. Sure. So that bundle, after I did some ad spend and things like that, ended up shutting it down because I just couldn't source the product without having the risk of the seal being broken and having some bad reviews, bad feedbacks, especially as a new seller. So um, again, I continued my um, replenish journey, still out there sourcing, you know, had some other products. And then I found another brand. I, again, I started with replenish. I was selling their products as replenish. And I was selling maybe about seven or eight a week of this product, of this brand. And then I got into another one and I was selling about five or six a week, things like that. The seller's we're steadily climbing though, because this product is readily available throughout the US. And then what happens when sellers go up, price starts going down. I, I'm not a big fan of a race to the bottom. I don't, I don't do that. I don't suggest anybody else do that. I've seen where I've gotten sales above the buy box and I'm okay with it. 
And I've also noticed there are other sellers that you can you can look at like different listings that you're on and somehow other sellers t- tend to like hop on your listings and vice versa. I'll hop on their listings and things like that. Um, I know Brian Olson, I believe he's the one that does the um, course for the Keepa yeah, training. The advanced Keepa training. Yeah. Right. Kind of looking through all the other Amazon sellers that have a similar profile to you or they have very active replens business and saying, hey, where are those product opportunities for me? And, and since you bring it up, you know the very nature of replens is you're going to be selling on existing listings that other people set up the vast majority of the time, unless you get to, into these the, the provenbrandbuilding.com concept that you talked about earlier, where you build brands around, you build a brand that you can stick on your bundle of easily sourced products, and now you own that ace, and no one else could do it because you've uniquely identified it. You've got it brand registered. Ideally, you've got a unique element that no one else can add to that bundle that adds value. But other than that, yeah, replens is the game of selling underserved ASINs right alongside all the other sellers. But there's millions of them out there is the good news. Once you're good at finding them, you can find them all the time. But yeah, I just wanted to fill in a couple of gaps for everyone. I also want to point out, you've mentioned the pack a couple of times, but we haven't given the full acronym in a while, that's the Proven Amazon course. It's a common acronym around here. That's the course that everyone uses to, to get into Amazon selling. So sorry for the commercial there, but just try to keep track of the acronyms we're dropping. You're doing a great job, man. Keep keep it going. So you got a little frustrated on some of these bundles. Others were jumping on them or the products weren't working out. So what did you start doing after that? Well, um, like I said, like I was finding products and then sellers were jumping onto it and um, price started dropping. And so... Like I said, I didn't want to play the price war. So I, I kept my price about the same. Um, I would adjust it by a few pennies or maybe, you know, keep it in like a 5% window unless the 5% window ended up being, or ended up being like a 10, 15% window for the buy box. Then at that point, I just reevaluate it or just wait them out. And um, typically I tend to wait them out. Um, usually what I've noticed, at least in the short time that I've sold, is when somebody drops the price drastically, they're usually sold out you know, in a short, short enough period of time to where you're not really incurring any storage charges. Right. Right. And that so, makes total sense. Yeah. As a pricing strategy, you don't want to follow the race to the bottom. And, you know, there's plenty of cases we've talked about on this podcast recently, Zaheer, where if let's say it's a popular enough ASIN, this typically works for those ASINs where there's 30 or more drops per month on Keepa, meaning there's a lot of activity there. You can price in the middle of the FBA pack, the middle of the other sellers, Mm-hmm. And you're going to get a consistent number of sales typically because mm-hmm. it's such a popular product and your product is located in a zip code near the buying customer. They're going to snag yours and pay a couple extra bucks. They don't care because they can have it within two hours. And so that's the the buy box. You're winning that local zip code specific buy box for certain sellers and because it's just such a popular product. You know, So, so you don't want to race to the bottom too fast. And if it gets to be 60 days or so without a sale on an ASIN, now it's time to probably revisit, do I need to go play in the mud with the other low price sellers and get rid of this dog? Right. Mm-hmm. But don't give in too soon. Yeah. I like that advice. Yeah. And then also, you know, it, it varies by, um, I guess by individual, right? So if, if, um, you know, luckily for me, um, I have a full-time job as well and, um, you know, have some savings and all that to where cash flow hasn't been that tight. I definitely leverage credit cards almost, well, exclusively all of my purchases are made on credit cards, except for at wholesale where they require ACH or um, debit cards. Yeah. It's almost always um, credit cards. I have ones that are doing 1.5% back. Um, I have some store credit cards where I can get up to 5% back. 
but I never keep a balance that will charge that will get interest. I'm always keeping a rolling balance, but I never pay interest. Um, I don't I don't foresee that actually happening. I don't like that. So at, at least in the beginning, I don't see that as a viable option. Obviously, down the road, when you know you get large enough, then you can and you can afford to put on debt. Then that's a different story. But yeah, so uh, with that being said. You know, I would I would highly suggest that if something isn't profitable at the time being, and you know, like you'd mentioned, sixty days. At least for me, if I found other products that were profit profitable, but I had cash flow issues, I would consider liquidating just to free up the cash to be able to make money on something else. Because cash sitting, yeah, you technically have an asset because you do have a physical product, but you know, you're it's. To me, it's kind of deteriorating when you could actually use it to make some extra money. So yeah, um, that, that, that's something that I always consider as well. As a general rule of thumb, higher velocity money at lower margins beats slow money at higher margins, right? So if, if I can make a dollar a day, that's better than making $30 a month. That's right. right. I agree with that. Yeah. Just in general, because the time value of money and the velocity of the of the turnover. So just keep that in mind too. If you've got some slow moving stuff that sells every once in a while, but you could free that cash up to get something that's moving faster at a at a lower margin, you're better off in the long run. You can run that math out over five years if you want. And then the the difference is dramatic. Yep. I agree with that. And so sorry to go go off that tangent. But now I think I'm in February at this point, February, March. Yeah. So March is actually when I first created that bundle where, like I said, the seal was kind of broken. So I kind of had to let that bundle go. Started getting onto some other ASINs, started selling some other ASINs. And I just couldn't get my mind off bundles. I really couldn't because of the exclusivity on it. So also in March, I created my own logo. I understand graphic designing and things like that. So I created my own logo for my company. The logo incorporates my company name. So um, I went ahead and created that, submitted some documents and stuff onto Amazon, and I got my own brand on Amazon. Now, I wasn't brand registered at this point, but I had my own brand on Amazon. So I created listings using my brand. And the logo and everything that I created. I had some packaging at home. I print out all of my own packaging. So I do all that in-house. The novelty item that I sell, I get from the distributor. And um, you know, it's a few pennies. And I add that into my um into my bundles. bundles. Right. It, which distinguishes them from the other bundles, which means other sellers can't hop on your listings. That's right. interesting. Now you you will want to go ahead and get brand registered. Are you in the process of that? Yeah, so um, we can fast forward to that. So I am trademarked right now. I just got trademarked last Good. week. Good, okay, first. okay. Because others are susceptible otherwise. Right, and I'll, I'll get into that very shortly. Okay, good. Making sure we were there. I, I, I could have easily turned this into a coaching session. I'll let you keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. So in March is when I created the logo, got my brand on Amazon. Um, again, at that point, I wasn't brand registered, but I had my unique item. I had my own packaging. I had my own logo. All of that was showing on the main image which is what you want. And so at that point, if anybody wanted to get on my listing, it would be highly, highly, it would be hard to get on it. Be difficult um, for them, for sure. Right, right. right. Um, especially because I do everything in-house. I don't go online and order things from you know one of these large websites or anything like that. Everything is done in-house. Hard to find your stuff. Yeah. Right. And so um, did that, started creating more bundles. Yay. <laughs> and like I said, I love bundles. Um, I stick with the grocery bundles because I love cooking as well. And so 
I made a new bundle and this was a four pack bundle. It was great. It was selling it for like $50. Purchase price was right under $20. Um, net margins were right around 30%, but, or maybe actually I think it was like maybe 27, 28%. But I, at that point, I don't really mind the margin being low because from my understanding and from what I've heard from others is they try to keep a margin threshold because if the price drops, then you have that little cushion to, if you have to liquidate, that you have that cushion to where you can still make money on it or at least not lose money on it. But if you're the only seller, then um, like you had mentioned, velocity counts sometimes more than it does the margin. And so if I'm selling 10 things at a 20% margin versus one thing at 40, 50% margin, I'll take that all day because I mean, I'm flipping inventory. I'm turning it out, which means that I can buy more. If I can buy more, then I can get bulk discounts, things like that. So it all ends up adding up. So at that point, I didn't really mind the margin, but I still have a minimum that I like to stick with. And that's typically around 30%. And I'll explain that why shortly. So I created a new bundle. It was a four pack selling well. It was on fire. One of the flavors that I had in that bundle, the brand wasn't even selling it on Amazon. So I was the only one selling that flavor for one, one for a short period of time. And um, a very popular nationwide brand. And so it had a lot of followers, a lot of people that were buying the products. And obviously I bundled it with other things that were selling. And going back to that bundling course with Lisa and Jenny is and what they suggested is when you find a product on Amazon, Amazon shows you what buyers buy with this product. And so you got to do a little bit of research. Me thinking in my head, they're going to buy this, this and that doesn't work. Amazon tells you what they tend to buy, what they have in the cart with that product. Customers who bought this also bought that. There's a bundle. Right. Exactly. So that's exactly what I did. And I incorporated this new flavor selling like hotcakes. And then I didn't do my due diligence, I guess. Or at that point, I didn't even know that I had to for this, but I found out that that flavor was only a one-time buy, a one-time made to order. And so then the brand came on, started selling it on Amazon. I was starting to run out of stock because once the brand came on, then other sellers, you know, hopped onto that brand and started. Anyway, bottom line, I wasn't able to get that flavor anymore. I had to retire that bundle. Oh, right. And it was a nice bundle. Yeah. It, it was disappointing, but there's two things I can do. Sit and soak about it or move on. Keep doing it. Repeat, repeat, do it again, exactly. right? Exactly. So then what did I do? I started looking at more and more bundles, started creating more and more bundles, two packs, three packs, four packs. And what really worked for me and what I've realized is a lot of these big brands, they have exclusivity with other big retailers, as in like one big brand of a seasoning, for example, may sell a few flavors to all the retailers across the U.S., but have exclusive flavors for just one retailer, right. one region, right? So like in the Southeast, I found products that are only selling in the Southeast. Mm-hmm. Major and brands. Major brand. Right. But only selling in the Southeast, and there was no listing on Amazon for it. So what did I do? I found flavors that were already selling that I can already tell were selling because, again, I was already selling this brand by doing the replay. So I knew that these were selling. So, and then also, like I said, I have a, I like cooking. I love cooking. I do a lot of, um, like I watch a lot of like Food Network and things like that. So I, in my head, I have somewhat of a experience of what I think would taste good together. Mm-hmm. So I started creating more bundles. And again, I'm creating these bundles under my brand with my own packaging and my own um, unique product. So I started getting more sales. I was like, wow, this is really nice. And it started ramping up extremely quickly. So I just kept on doing it. 
Um, <laughs> luckily, I was able to source these products locally. But the time that I was taking more time to drive and pick up these products than I was to actually prep and ship them out, which is a good problem to have, I guess, because, oh, and by the way, I was merchant fulfilling almost all of these. Oh, you're um, still doing all merchant fulfill. I was at, this, the time. This back at, at the time. This was back in April, March, March, March April, April time. Which is just three months or so ago for those who are kind of t- tracking the timeline. Really, things have really taken off for you just in the last five, six months. This is right. a fairly well, actually, young story. Yeah. Yeah. I would actually say in the last three months. Okay. And so in April is actually when I started finding these unique um, flavors that I would add into bundles. And, you know, I was all excited. I went ahead and created those things, which by the way, I do my own photos as well. I went to the dollar store, Dollar Tree, Dollar General. I don't remember which one. I got some foam, um, like a trifold foam board and some posters. I made a $4 box out of it. My dad actually got like one of those ring lights that you use for um, like vlogging, video uh, video blogs and things like that. Yeah, I've, I've got one here I use from time to time, the ring light. I'll show it in there. Yeah, it's one of these. Right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he, he had like a little bit bigger one. And yeah. so like, and I have it right over there, but like it's got a stand on it. So mm-hmm. I have my photo box up, like I have another desk over here and I put the photo box up and then I'll just take that light and I'll angle it however I want to. I have a stand for my phone. Right. And then I'll just, and then that ring light came with like one of those um, shutter remotes. So I yeah. put the phone on the stand and then I'll like adjust the light to where I think it looks good. And then bam, take the picture of it. So I so do that, all of yeah. my pictures as it's well. It's your, your $10 photo box. Right. And um, the reason I do all of my photos myself is because I don't want to risk the brand coming after me for using their photos. I've seen a lot of other listings on Amazon where you can tell that the photo has been that came from like, you know, some website or things like that. At right. least that's the way I see it. Um, yeah. I like to have my own unique photos as well. Uh, like I said that I do, uh, I know how to do photo editing and things like that. So I do all of my editing, which can take a little bit of time, but I've got it pretty streamlined. So like I said, um, the new flavors that will come out or even all the flavors from my bundles, I'll take all the pictures, get excited, throw up a listing on Amazon. And I make my listings, uh, like I have a template for them mm-hmm. to where they're generic enough to where I can copy and paste a lot of the stuff, but unique enough in certain areas to where I can be descriptive about the product. So it doesn't take me long to create the listing. You know, you can go into Amazon and then just um, duplicate listing and then make a new listing. Very big time saver, but it takes a lot of work in the beginning to get the right verbiage and things like that. All of my listings have at least four, maximum five bullet points. All of them have at least six or seven images because Amazon likes all of this, right? It, It helps rank your product a lot more. Yeah, helps and, your products get momentum. Are you are you doing any pay per click to boost your listings when you first launch them? I am. I am. I do um, auto pay per click, and through the auto pay per click, I look at what search terms they're using. But I use it a lot for negative search terms, right? Because I want to I want to get my cost per click op- optimized. I do. I did start with manual, but I saw that auto was a little bit more cost effective and pretty efficient. And I think that has a lot to do with how the template for the listing is created, because obviously Amazon picks the keywords based on your listing. Sure. And And, let me, let me just take a break here for a moment to hear and fill in a couple gaps. Cause I always like to keep on the uh, perspective of brand new sellers or those who maybe aren't quite that experienced. Although, you know, your story is only a few months old, really, you've kind of taken your time and ramped up slowly in the last three months, things have taken off and we'll get to the, the rest of the numbers and that sort of thing in a moment. But we don't advise new sellers to start where you are right now. We've got a great course in the Proven Amazon course collection 
that has to do with bundling. You mentioned that course with, with Jenny and Lisa. They did a great job on that, but we don't start you there. And we don't like to see new sellers setting up new listings and worrying about things like taking photographs and bullet points and, and all of that. Don't start there. You've got a unique set of skills that made that step fairly easy for you to hear, but new sellers stick with replens. And we have several, just in the last 20 podcast episodes, I've interviewed four or five people who have six-figure a month replens businesses that have never set up a, a, a new listing on Amazon. They've never had to worry about bullet points and photos. and right. So this is kind of a, a little bonus concept that you don't hear us talk about a whole lot around here. We did spend some time recently talking about provenbrandbuilding.com. That course is now included in the Proven Amazon course, and it really steps you through how to do the things that Zaheer is talking about today. So just want to clarify that for everybody. We haven't suddenly shifted into, hey, everyone needs to do bundles. No, bundles are beautiful, but you need to understand the basics first. And, and if it feels like it's a little over your head as a new seller, that's okay. We'll get you there over time and you can start doing some of these things. But just wanted to fill in some gaps and give you a little break for a moment, Zaheer. So yeah, back to the story though, man, this is really helping a lot of folks, I'm sure. Yeah, and, and one thing that you did mention is um, for the new sellers, I understand Keepa. I believe I understand it fairly well. And I, I don't just blindly buy products and put them into a bundle. I'm Great doing my point. due diligence. I'm doing my research. I'm also a very data-driven person. I love Excel. Mm-hmm. Um, I love pulling in data from all different types of locations, from combining them all together, doing pivot tables, VLOOKUPs, all of those things to get the data that I need before creating a bundle. Because I want to el- eliminate, I-, I really want to take my emotions and my thoughts out of it. I'm just looking at what the customers are buying, essentially. That's it. Right, right. And and again, I'm using the tools that have just been provided to us. I mean, Keepa is, you know, the king. Keepa is be all. You know, just use that. And um, obviously test the products, right? Because when I started creating the bundles, I was first selling the same products, you know, as, as a replan. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to add that in there as well. Yeah, those are great points. Yeah, you're you're finding these. It's the same way that I like to talk to people about launching their own private label brand. You don't start there. Start off by just selling the stuff that everybody wants right alongside all the other sellers. Over time, you're going to notice these little gaps in the marketplace, these little underserved niche markets. These places, like you know, what you're doing right now is you're noticing seasoning A and spice B are doing well. And they do well together, but no one's doing them together yet. So you bring them together, right? It, it, it's not just this instinctual thing where you think in the middle of the night, I wonder if we should put this spice with that spice. It's not that. You're, this is a very data-driven decision. And that's the same thing we teach our private label students too. Over time, you're going to see these gaps in the market. Let it come to you organically, though, rather than taking this big risky leap and you know, making 5,000 units and then learning how to market it later. That's a disaster waiting to happen. So I love the way your story is kind of unfolding naturally, even though it's happening fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. And even with that, which I'll get into as well, I test my bundles. I don't go out there and buy 20, 30 of the products to put into my bundles. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that is the reason why I was merchant fulfilling a lot of them is because I was, you know, I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll sell two, three, four, five a week, maybe. You know, it took off. It got momentum and traction. A lot of my bundles are below seventy thousand ranking grocery. Quite a few of them below fifty. And that which so, is a really fast mover for those who don't know. That's great. Right. 
And do you know when when people mention the Keepa drops, some of my bundles, I can see that the Keepa drop is showing about 30 a month. I know how much it's selling. And when you say it's two, three X, even four X, yes, that's true. If you see drops of 30 on Keepa, because I'm the only one selling it, I know how much it's actually selling in that month. You're selling 150 or so a month. It's 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 up there. Yeah. So the yeah. two, three. Forex rule is, um, at least yep. from what I've seen, it's true. Absol- you're absolutely right, which only makes sense. And for those who don't know about Keepa, this is another little inter- interjection for me. For those who've been around a while, you're going to think to yourself, oh, Jim says that all the time. There's new people listening too, so bear with me. Go back to podcast episode 369 to learn why we love Keepa so much and learn what a drop is and why we're paying attention to this. But once you understand how Keepa works... It, it makes sense that it's only checking that listing every once in a while. So there could have been several rank changes since the last time it checked. And Keepa wouldn't know that. It wouldn't know that the rank has been drifting up and down in the last five hours. So it would miss some of those sales. But it's a great way to estimate for sure. Uh, and so learning to read that Keepa chart is is vital. And it's not it's not rocket science by any means. You've mentioned you're a spreadsheet nerd. I'm a bit of a spreadsheet mm-hmm. nerd too, but I can teach even the most artistic left-brained person out there, or maybe it's right brain artistic. I can't remember, but I can teach you how to read a, a Keepa chart very, very quickly. And that's what we do in our training. Yeah. Yeah. Keepa is, um, that's definitely the one research tool I would never give up. If I had to give yeah. up everything else, Keepa is the only thing that, that makes sense to keep because that's, that's, the best way to tell what's selling, how it's selling, the longevity of it, the history of it. Um, because yep. also when I'm looking at Keepa, I, I look at three months, six months, nine months, a year, however long I need to look at, but, and which has been mentioned in other podcasts and in other um, training courses or training um, videos, is look at the data tab. Look at the data tab, look at the amount of sellers, look at how they're selling their stock, and also check mark that box that says um, include the um, old sellers that aren't selling anymore. Look at how they did with their history of it, right? Did, would, did you see them going stair step down in their inventory? So that's, you know, I look at all that data in Keepa when I'm making yeah, it. It tells you a lot. They, they scrape their own data. A lot of the big pricey expensive tools are just buying Keepa's data and repackaging yeah. it in a graphically friendly way. And you're paying 15 times the money for the same information. But uh, yeah, Keepa's all you need to get this rock. And we have multiple seven-figure sellers, people who sell multiple seven figures per year in our community that use just the free tools Amazon provides you, Seller Central and Keepa. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of tools you can use to make your life a lot easier for sure, but just to illustrate what's possible and, and we don't make money for Keepa. We, we rarely, ever, if ever, use our affiliate link. It's just a great tool. They're scraping the Amazon database in a way that no one else is. Mm-hmm. with great efficiency. They have to have a monstrous bank of servers somewhere because they're tracking a lot of data that Amazon just doesn't provide. And so that's why they're such a great tool. But yeah, let's get into some of the specifics of your story, man, uh, as far as the numbers and, and uh, whatever else you want to share. Let's keep it rocking. I hate to interrupt you, but I don't want to leave anyone behind either. Yeah, no, that's, that's perfectly fine. So um, let's just say fast forward. So in March is when I really started getting into bundles. April is when it started taking off for me. and. Um, I was merchant fulfilling a lot of them. I remember the first weekend when it was, which was towards the end of April, actually. I remember it was on um, the last weekend of April. I decided to, not knowingly, you know, I didn't realize the impact until after the fact, but on like a Wednesday or Thursday, I created three or four listings of bundles. And it takes a, a few days for Amazon to start tracking the keywords and things like that. 
Friday, I saw my first sale on a couple of them. By that Sunday, it's the highest day of sales that I've ever had, even after that. Like that Sunday was the highest that I had, which, you know, some might not be a lot, but to me, it was like around $650 in sales. Um, that Sunday, I realized that I have to pack over 100 items to ship out on Monday morning. Oh, no, because you were doing all your own fulfillment. <laughs> right, right. That's when you started thinking, I'm going to have to start doing FBA on some of these and let Amazon worry about the shipping, right? You would think that I would have thought about that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was I was kind of sitting on that um, on that high of, uh, quote unquote, high of, um, you know, the sales, right? Like that, that endorphin sure. release, right? Yep. And and so, you know, that was at the end of April and May just continued to be like that. I was merchant selling. I literally had to like, show my inventory at zero at some points just so I could maintain whatever I had to do because I was also working full time. Right. So like after I get off work is when I'd start doing my packing for the next day. And then during my lunch break, I would go to drop everything off. And then by the time I get off work, pack it again. And um, it ended up being a vicious cycle, but what I did gain out of it is cash flow. Yeah. So, rapid turnover. Um, right. So I didn't have to wait for everything to process through the warehouse and things like that. And so that was the end of April, all of May, and also the beginning of June, up until about three weeks ago, which right now we're on July 4th. So about three weeks ago, the um, second week of June is when I really started picking up more inventory and sending it into the warehouse. Some items are still being fulfillment center transferred. So I haven't seen the impact of FBA for these bundles. I haven't seen the full impact, but the last month or the last two weeks of June, I definitely have seen an increase in sales. Well, I I can tell you what's almost certainly going to happen is whatever success you were having merchant fulfilling, whatever that baseline is, if all things being equal, if those are now FBA products, meaning they're sitting in Amazon's warehouse, the algorithm loves you 20 to 40% more than it did before, meaning more sales. You're going to see it. I guarantee it. Get back to us. I, I could just guarantee it because Amazon loves when they've got control of the product and they reward that listing because they can be fully confident that it's going to ship and it's going to ship fast. And so they bump it up in the rankings. So you're going to get, a, you know, the best way that I can quantify it is a 20 to 40% algorithm love from Amazon. Now that you're sitting in their warehouse, get ready for it. It's going to be, it's going to be great. Yeah, I can imagine that. I actually, I'm looking at my shelf right now. I have at least 150 different items that I need to send in, different um, products or bundles or both combined. And that's only going to cover maybe about two weeks worth of sales, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure yet because like I said, Mm -hmm. I haven't seen the full impact of FBA. Have Um, you had anybody coach you through not letting your inventory hit zero, if at all possible, even raising your prices if it starts to get to that point? I don't let my inventory hit zero because I always keep a little stock uh, for merchant fulfill. Yeah, um, good. I always do. And actually, so we can fast forward just a little bit. So anyway, bottom line is um, the second week of June is when I started sending things into the warehouse. Um, still have a lot more to still send in. But I, yeah, I believe that I'm going to see an increase in sales. I'm projecting Oh, you that. will. Yeah. So that takes care of the progression. I don't know if you want to go into numbers now, or I have something else that I also want to add on. About yeah, it's your story, man. Keep it going. I, I'm enjoying this learning, and I'm even thinking to myself, it's probably time for us to, to revisit some of our hottest ASIN brands and start creating some of our own unique bundles because we've got some that are just flying off the shelf. But like you mentioned earlier, we've got some other sellers selling alongside of us. And those make for some great bundle those little off the beaten path brands that not everybody can get a hold of, and you're noticing some potential for 
mirroring or sorry, marrying two products together. Those can be gold, man. You put them under your own brand, get them brand registered. Yeah. So it's getting the wheels turning for me. I'm loving this story. Take it wherever you'd like to go though. So like I said, now I have stuff going to the warehouse. I'll get into the numbers in a moment. But when you mentioned brand registry, after I started seeing the momentum and last week I decided to get trademarked. It was a plan. I I was talking to my um, father about it over a month ago. And the plan was to go ahead and do it in August because I wanted to have coaching paid off first. So when I I decided to do it last week because of some issues that I saw with Amazon and I wanted to get my stuff detected. So went ahead and did trademark. Luckily, like I said, I created the brand under Amazon before getting brand registered. So I had all the photos that were needed for the trademark office as well, because you have to provide all that to Amazon. Um, My logo, my name, everything is affixed. Make sure it's affixed to the product, not just the sticker on the product. Did all that. Like I said, got in contact with Humminbird. It was last week on Monday. Got in contact with Humminbird. Tuesday had a call. No, yeah, Monday had a call. Then Tuesday, I had another call and provided my documents. Wednesday, the lawyer had all the information. Thursday evening is when I received the email with my trademark registration of serial number. Wow. I mean, we were talking just a few days ago at this point. Just, just a few days ago. We're rocking. So, so well, Thursday, let me tell everybody what Humminbird is real quick, and we'll, we'll sure. keep going. So here, uh, that is actually, I, I'm a part owner of this company. My coaching director, who I've been working with for 18 years, Nathan Bailey, very experienced guy in e-commerce. He does the lion's share of the management of that company. And we've got trademark lawyers and branding and A-plus content creation and bullet points and photos, whatever you need, we can help. Or if you want to do most of it yourself, we can do the parts you don't want to do or you don't know what to do and help you ask all the right questions when you're setting out to establish a brand on Amazon. Even the way that Zaheer's talking about, say, where he doesn't have any of his own products. But if you're paying attention, Zaheer hasn't gone out and bottled his own spice yet. Although I think that's probably coming at some point. He hasn't done that yet. He's just using other people's products and he's putting create using creative strategies to put his brand on the packaging and uniquely bundling those together. Again, this is provenbrandbuilding.com type of concepts, which is a module in the Proven Amazon course, along with our bundling course that he's mentioned a couple of times, which is another module in the Proven Amazon course. So he's just kind of pieced together some of these strategies and he's, he's doing some pretty special stuff. But I just wanted to explain what Humminbird was. Sorry for the interruption. No problem. Yeah. Thursday evening is when I got the email from the lawyer that I got my serial number. Friday, um, I got an email to go ahead and set up a meeting with Nathan. Um, Nathan Bailey, he had availability Friday evening. So went ahead and took that spot. (laughs) And so Nathan and I um, were on the phone for about an hour and a half. The goal of the meeting was first to go ahead and get brand registered. What I came to find out is that the trademark office, even though they um, give you a serial number and registration and all of that, takes a few days for it to go ahead and get processed on the USPTO website, the trademark office website. So we weren't able to get brand registered on Friday. Trademark's been approved or been filed, sorry, not approved. It can take six, nine months. Nine months, I believe, is the main process. The process has begun. Right. And so every day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I was going through the USPTO website. Today, it looks like they had put in my stuff onto the website now. So once it's on the website, then Amazon can go ahead and verify it. But I checked Mm -hmm. with Amazon brand registry, and they said that they weren't able to. It can take up to 48 hours. So maybe I'll have to wait another two days. But the fact of the matter is that the ball is rolling. The trademark is um, pending. And so 
brand registry shouldn't be an issue now. Going Very exciting. And we have some people just to play your story out. You know, we've got some people, a specific brand and face is in my mind right now as I'm saying this uh, podcast episode from a while back and he was doing well, but he's doing really well now, kind of scaling out what exactly what you're talking about. Again, not having created any of his own products, just sourcing easily sourced everyday household type name brands in many cases, putting it in his into his own branded packaging, building his own listings and just killing it. That's so this model can scale and it can get big and it can be sold too. Every bit as much as if you'd been at the next best mousetrap, you know, <laughs> you know, you didn't have to go out and invent anything. You invented a logo that I'm sure you're quite proud of, but you know, I mean, come on, that's a lot less work than inventing the world's greatest mousetrap in the history, right? Which everyone's out there trying to do this private label thing and invent a better product than everyone else. Man, it's just not necessary. Right. Yeah, so I'm definitely excited about that with um, the way that I can do the A-plus content, do, like I said, I do um, ad spend, so doing the video ads and things like that. There's so right. many doors that open up. Right. And what I, I, still, I was talking to Nathan on Friday, and the goal for this is what I have trademarked right now is just going to be an umbrella company, right? So, so I do have plans maybe a year, two years out to where that it's going to be an umbrella company, but I'm going to, my plan is to have different bundles different categories for bundles and them all have their own brand underneath that mm-hmm. their own trademark. And so I, I have a larger picture in my head of what I want to get done. And I was talking to Nathan about this. He's so passionate about this. I, I enjoyed our conversation that we had. Oh yeah. He, he's arguably the most knowledgeable guy in the world on this topic. And it's such an honor and a pleasure to have him as our coaching director. But I mean, we've been doing this for 20 years, complimenting each other on our skill sets. And uh, yeah, you get him talking about building brands and creating an umbrella brand for your sub brands, any one of which could be sold for a lot of money at any given time without compromising the others and and the protection that that builds into your business model. Those are topics that you get him going and yeah, he's going to have fun with it and you're going to learn a lot. Uh, so I'm glad you guys got to spend some time together. Again, that's that's the director of the Humminbird. We'll stick a link in the show notes to humminbird.com. That's H-U-M-N-B-I-R-D.com is the is the branding company. You mentioned the video content. He really geeks out over that because that gives you a, a very unique advantage. And many people aren't aware of that yet. But if your listing is qualified by Amazon to include a video listing or video content, man, they love ranking those things. You'll shoot to the top of the charts for, for whatever product it is you're selling in the keywords. Uh, so yeah, he's a master at that as well. So yeah, we're having a lot of fun with that. You've got some unique advantages. It reminds me a lot of the early days of Google when a decent SEO expert could get just about anything ranked. Mm-hmm. Well, we're kind of there with what we have to offer on Amazon right now with the, the video advantages and uh, the unique A-plus content advantages, the bullet points, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it's going to be fun watching where you go. I know for a fact, man, we're going to have you back six months or a year from now if we can afford you because you're going to be so busy <laughs> and you're going to be selling these brands and making money. Yeah. So it's, it's a great path that you're on, man. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's definitely my next uh, step is to, um, you know, go with this brand route, brand registry route. And one tip that I wanted to mention, which actually, while I was talking to Nathan, this is how it came up. So like I said, I, I do a lot of my own bundles and I always keep my merchant fulfilled items in stock. Um, as while I'm sending it out to the warehouse, because the warehouse can take a few weeks for it to land to its final destination. But one thing that he mentioned, which I didn't even think of, it's always a good idea to keep some items merchant fulfilled 
because, especially if they're under $25. And the reason being is not everybody on Amazon is a Prime member. And to get free Prime delivery, you have to have a minimum of $25 order to qualify. My Merchant Fulfill products, I do free shipping on them. The items that I sell for $14.97, $15, you know, right under that threshold of the 8% versus the 15% referral. Even 19, like there's one item that I sell for $19.99 on AMP. It was a listing that I created. Then the brand came on, they created their own and all that. So I still have my listing active because I like to keep the variety just in case there's any consumers. They buy mine for $19.99 versus the one that's on Amazon for $14.99. And I was always wondering why. But then if you calculate the fact that they're buying it for $14.99 plus shipping, they're actually spending more than buying it for me with free shipping. That's right. So not everybody has a prime account and you got to build that into your strategy. Yeah. Those are the kind of tips you pick up from having a decent coach. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and so, you know, one thing that I'm going to be revisiting is the items that I am selling as requins. Um, that there are multiple sellers on, if they're all FBA and they're all like, you know, below the $25 amount, there might be an opening if you do merchant fulfill. Mm-hmm. You know, it may, it may not be that great. Obviously, you want to keep FBA going because, you know, selling from the warehouse, selling to prime members, that's obviously going to be a better out. Sure. But I just, I just didn't even think of that until I started talking to Nathan on Friday about how that could be an opportunity that's been missed. I, I haven't heard anybody talking about that at all. Yeah. It it reminds me a lot of the small and light strategies that we talk about so frequently around here where I can make more money selling a product for $10 than the next guy selling the exact same product for $12 because I enrolled it in small and light and my fees are ridiculously lower as a result. So I'm making more money selling to happier customers for $10 than he is selling it to the same customers for 12. And he can't figure out why I'm getting such a great deal (laughs) because I enrolled it in the small and light program. So knowing those little tips like that along the way, and these aren't things, again, that you need to learn all the details. You'll learn these little lessons over time, being in our community, again, having a good coach or maybe organically forming a mastermind of other sellers going through the same thing you are. There are similar situations, different experiences. That's just, it really pays off these kind of relationships and and little conversations that happen along the way, learning and improving your process as you go. So don't feel like you need to learn it all. We've dropped a lot of really good golden nuggets today. If you only take one or two of them and start to test them out, you'll get all the rest of them over time. Yeah. So brand registry is the next step. And I, I have so many more bundles that I want to create, but I've actually, um, right now, my main focus is to get items into the warehouse and to have the inventory rolling. Replant's dashboard is something that I am considering because even, even though most of my bundles, I, can, I, I don't know if I can use Amazon suggestion for how to restock it. So I am going to be considering Replant's dashboard because, I mean, I, I'm negating some of my ASINs because, I mean, I'm just so focused on these bundles and trying to get the inventory in. And so... Um, you're, you're neglecting some of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because, because I, you know, my, my focus is being shifted. Like, do I really need this? How many of this do I need? How many of that do I need? So, and, and, you know, I, I don't use a lot of tools. I don't think I went over what tools I use, which is just inventory lab because of the ease of shipping, Keepa and RevSeller. Yeah. RevSeller is also just because of the ease of, you know, see, seeing right then and there what the margin is in the ROI. Yeah, it puts it right on. It's a Chrome extension. It was, it was the first of its kind tool. And actually, Nathan, the guy who invented it, it's known all over the Amazon seller universe now, but he came from our community and I was one of the first guys he brought it to and said, Hey, can you help me launch this? And we still sell it all the time for him, but uh, he'll, he'll be at the proven conference. Actually, I was just corresponding with him, the creator of RevSeller. Uh, we'll stick a link in the show notes to that tool. 
a very popular tool on our team for sure. Probably second only to Keepa, really, as far as the number of people on our team that use it. But uh, yeah, Nathan will be at the Proving Conference with us. And yeah, so on that list of must-have tools, I just heard Keepa, then RevSeller, then Inventory Lab. And that's a pretty common list and a pretty common rank. Everybody has different needs. You know, a replan dashboard maybe to help you know when to reorder. I think you should test it out and see. It's going to really help you keep stay on top of it. And the other thing I think you need, this is just my opinion, Zaheer, haven't heard your story, is a good virtual assistant to kind of help you monitor some of these things. Show them how to do what it is you're doing every day so these little details don't fall between the cracks, these little mundane details. Because you strike me as the kind of guy, and I, I use this illustration all the time, and I think you'll like it, Zaheer, but you're the kind of guy that likes to throw hoses into the bathtub. You don't like to get under the tub and plug little leaks, right? Like if we're filling a bathtub, you're the kind of guys like, hey, let's get another hose, let's get another hose, get another. and these little these little leaks develop, and like no one has fun laying on their back, getting on the tub, looking for little holes to patch, right? Mm-hmm. But but if you have someone kind of monitoring those little leaks, uh, that's going to pay off big time for you. Well, with that being said, um, that's actually why this month I'm planning on slowing down just a little bit. I don't think it's going to slow down my sales, but just slow down my growth. For two reasons. One, like I said, I want to get more of my inventory into the warehouse. So then I'm not really merchant fulfilling. Two, because I understand businesses and I understand that if somebody, at least for me, from what I've seen is if I accelerate too fast, then catching those leaks is going to get harder and harder. Mm -hmm. You're right. So, So this month, I'm actually going to be focusing on ebbs and flows pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure my inventory is steadily rolling, uh, coming in instead of me having to just keep on running around every day, picking it up from different, because I have to go to like four or five different locations just to pick up as much as I need. You should be paying a shopper probably at this point, pretty soon, if not already. Well, the good thing is that my father's retired. And so he- No, uh, he's your shopper. I got he, you. He doesn't mind, but he also likes to travel a lot. He was out yeah. of town for like a month and a half, like a couple of months ago when they started ramping up. So, but yeah, luck, yeah, building luck it with is, your dad. I love it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, it's great to have support. Mm-hmm. And he he's um, he's very supportive of me. Um, he knows that I'm entrepreneurial minded. I guess you can say, uh, but he's very supportive and very helpful. He even helps me with my packing and prepping and things like that. He kind of does it at his own pace, which is fine. So what I'll do is I'll just go to him and you know tell him whatever I need done. I've already explained to him and shown him the process. So he'll just, you know, while he's like watching TV or something like that, he'll just start doing it at his own pace, which is fine. I'll just give it to him ahead of time. And that works for me because that frees up my time. Like, I mean, prepping and packing, I don't mind doing. I mean, like I said, you know, on a Sunday, I realized I had to pack a hundred different items. So I don't mind getting my hands dirty in that aspect, but it does free up my time to have some type of support. Can I, can I make a little suggestion for you? Something you probably haven't done yet, but I guarantee you 10 years from now, you'll be very happy you did. Sure. Get a picture of your dad prepping your stuff. Uh, because at some point, this brand is going to be huge. And at some point, if life unfolds the way it does for most of us, most of us, he won't be here anymore. And that's going to be a treasured image in your mind. Oh, that's such a good idea. Right. As you said that, I could imagine, let's say my business getting so big in the mm-hmm. warehouse, there's like a nice black and white photo of how it just started. <laughs> black and white is better than color at this point, right? Yeah. In your imagination, like, hey, these are the early days. This is how it all started. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's you gotta a, you gotta get that photo in. That's such a good idea. But yeah, so um, yeah, he's definitely been helping me with the prep and all that while I do um, like I said, this month is gonna be working on 
getting my processes nailed down. And you mentioned the VA. So that's, that's actually one thing I was considering even before I signed up for coaching is should I do the VA or should I do coaching? Um, at that point, I didn't even know I was going to do bundles, right? So I went ahead and decided to do coaching. After coaching, the, uh, coaching is working out great. Um, I have Mark and Amanda Hollingsworth, the great people, lovely to talk to, email them if I have any, um, you know, any questions or anything like that, bouncing ideas off. I mean, having a coach is it's more than just somebody telling you what to do or how to do it. It's, you know, for me, at least it's somebody you just talk to about what can be done, how it could be different, learn from their mistakes. So I don't have to go through them. One thing that I like listening to like motivational videos, especially in the morning between, you know, 8 a.m. and 11, 1130. And, uh, you know, they always say is learn from others, you know, learn from the people before you because they did something successful. So you don't have to make those same mistakes. And so that's what I definitely utilize coaching for. I also um, email my um, reactive coach, right? Mark and Amanda are my proactive. Then I also have a reactive coach. I email her as well if I have any questions. Um, So I definitely utilize them. But like I said, so I did the coaching and then I signed up for the brand registry. And now I'm not too sure when, but I am looking towards a VA and using the proven... Provenreplantsva.com, right? Right. Now they're they're trained specifically to help you find more replants. Well, the kind, the kind of VA I know that you, which may be awesome, and I think it would be diversify your business. But the kind of VA you need, you might need to find and train your own, or add some additional training to the one that you would get from us through Proven Replants VA, and that is monitoring your bundle reorders, your inventory levels maybe helping you with some of the pricing issues. You're going to need a repricer on some of the ones where you're competing with other sellers, potentially, right? So you can start to have a VA manage some of those things for you as well. Just some of the tedious tasks. Well, that was actually the goal is um, because what I do want from a VA is to help me find more replants. The way that I look at it is because one thing that I've realized is do what you do good and let other people do what they do good or well, or however you want to put it. So I love finding and creating bundles. At least that seems to be my forte for right now. But I don't want to neglect the replant business right. because that replant business can help pay for some of the ad spend. Yeah. And right? that's what leads you to some of the other future bundles as well. You're going to develop right. a real keen eye for spotting hot replants that can be bundled into unique listings that belong only to you. Exactly. And so that's why I'm leaning towards the VA um, through Proven um, Refunds VA, as well as like you had just mentioned, is maybe, you know, have them for 40 hours, um, pay them the rate that's going right in Philippines, which you had mentioned about $4 an hour. Four bucks an hour. Yeah. And um, and I did hear that podcast with the um, VA from Philippines. That was a great podcast as well to hear their experience. Oh, I'm glad to hear your feedback on that. It was it was an unusual one, but it really gives you an appreciation for how good we have it here in the states, huh? Mm-hmm. A dollar an hour, the average wage in the Philippines. So a chance to work for us for four dollars an hour is life changing. Mm. Pretty incredible, right? Like it makes yeah. me want to just go hire a bunch of them and find stuff for them to do later. <laughs> You know, uh, but we're training them up rapidly and, and they're being snatched up as rapidly as we're training them. Kyle's doing such a great job with that program. That's provenreplansva.com. There'll be a link in the show notes. Yeah. So I wanted to get a replant for that purpose, as well as like you had mentioned, maybe, you know, 10, 15 hours a week to do some administrative things just to, you know, go through and see what the inventory stock's looking like, if there's any possible IP complaints or, you know, IP right. issuance. 
things like that. Um, you know, just, just some administrative tasks and things like that. But like I said, I mean, the goal of that is more to have a VA to add, because you, I, like, I personally, I don't want to be stuck with just, um, you know, 20 bundles, right? I want to be able to have a vast majority or not majority, but a vast library of products on the, mm-hmm. on the Amazon catalog. And like you had mentioned, um, and I hear you mentioned this a lot on your podcast is, um, 20% of your replans are 80% of your income or something like that. Yeah. The Pareto principle definitely applies. Yeah. And that bottom 20% are taken up 80% of the time you waste or because of the 20% of your bottom ASINs. It's like, oh, they're just a kind of drag suit. You kind of purge them out and focus on the good stuff. And that 80-20 rule always applies. It doesn't matter how much work you do at either end of the spectrum. The rule is always going to be there, but you can always be improving, getting rid right. of the duds, focusing on the strengths. And that's just a good business principle in general, by the way. I'm sure you've probably heard it here, but given the opportunity to work on your weaknesses or improve on your strengths, you're always going to come out ahead improving on your strengths and putting other people in place. You kind of alluded to this earlier, putting other people in place to address your weaknesses. Right? Mm-hmm. That's that You're always going to come out so far ahead. It's kind of like that. I'd rather earn a dollar a day versus $30 once per month. Mm-hmm. I think it's that same principle. You play it out over five, 10 years, you're in a vastly better position, focusing on your strengths, assigning others to manage your weaknesses. Right. Good stuff, man. I think we've dropped, if I was keeping track, at least 20 gold nuggets in this episode today. <laughs> I think we've given people their money's worth for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and I haven't even gone over my numbers yet. <laughs> we've got to do that still just to validate the whole thing. Like, what's this guy selling? Yeah. Hit us with some numbers, man. So let's start. Um, so I started my first sale was, like I mentioned, um, the day after the day. So November, closed out the month with $140 in sales. December, $127, January, $436, February, $1,300, March, $1,200. And this is, again, when I started doing the bundles. April went to $5,300, March, $5,900, June, $7,400. And this month, we're on day four, and I am at probably right around $1,300. Four days in, you're going to set a record here in the first week for your best month ever. I, <laughs> Potentially, I, I, yeah. No, so I'm, I'm at twelve hundred dollars so far. Right? Twelve hundred, yeah. But you play that out over uh, the next three or four days. I mean, we could we could come close to your June numbers in the first week or so. Yeah. yeah so you, you're going to see a really you, you've got a nice trajectory for those who just kind of map that out in their mind. You're on a very nice trajectory. And I love that we caught you early on. One of the things you said when I approached you was, oh, my numbers aren't that great yet, but I noticed the trajectory and the, the story and the excitement and you're on to something. And so I wanted to catch you before you're giving us numbers that are so big that listeners say, oh, that guy's doing 100,000 a month. I could never get there. No, this is very realistic. Yeah, and um, one thing that I do want to point out is pre-ad spend, my net is about 30 to 32%. Post ad spend, it's about 24%. It fluctuates based on how I do ads. But one thing that I do want to mention is the ad spend is higher because I'm introducing new bundles. So I'm spending extra on it. The way that I look at it is, let's say I was going, I had a product and I was trying to put it into a grocery store. If I wanted to be on the end cap, if I wanted to be on the eye level shelf, 
Or if I wanted to be at the cash register, I have to pay for that space to the right. retailer. Yeah. And in turn, what I'm doing is I'm paying Amazon to put my ads on the first page, second page for the customer to see it. Now, again, doing the bundles, I do my research to make sure that the session, the conversion is well enough to where it pays off for itself. And like I mentioned, I'm a data person. I extract every week my ad spend. I extract my gross sales, not just sales on ads. I look at my gross sales because what I want to see is my ad spend going down for the ASIN, but the gross sales keep on going up, right? Mm -hmm. Because I want it to be organically selling. I don't right. want to pay for the customer to buy my product. In the beginning, okay, yes, it's an offset. If I can break even, then yes, which I, I more than, I think maybe I've had two out of 15 that within the first week, they didn't at least break even, but they have it since then. But what, what I do want and what I do monitor is to make sure that my ad spend is dropping and that the revenue is increasing enough to where when I create a new bundle, that revenue is offsetting the ads that I'm spending money on for the new bundles. And I also make it to where I don't spend more than 10% of my gross income for that day on ads. And I and like I said, I monitor my ads enough, just like how somebody watches the prices of their ASINs, of their replans. I watch my ad spend. I look at when it's selling more, when the conversion is happening more, when I should increase and decrease the ad spend. Yeah. Um, as you get a little bigger, I don't know if you know about this here or not, but as you get a little bigger, there's tools that will do that for you automatically. They're, they're really good. I don't know if you're quite there yet enough to justify that. I don't think you are. I don't think you should even start researching yet, to be honest with you. But because now you're doing a fine job of it and you're understanding the moving parts. But when we're talking about you know commas and zeros and you know some significantly bigger numbers, and not crazy bigger, you know fifty thousand dollars a month, I'd say, you know, which is right around the corner for you, believe it or not. I think you're going to hit, a, you're going to have a fifty thousand dollar month by the end of the year. I'm calling it right now. Uh, but and at that point, you start looking at some of these tools, and that that run your campaigns for you and, and maximize your return on investment for your ad spend. Well, you know that's interesting. I I, I never even thought about looking to see if there are any tools for that. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to look at it now. Like I said, I'm a data nerd because I scrub this data and I look at what's working, what's not. I try to optimize my listings every right. week, maybe even like every three days, I try to optimize it to where I'm not spending as much and I'm getting better conversions. Also, I had an Amazon um, ad support person reach out to me two weeks ago. And working with them on a weekly basis, which Amazon, you know, they reached out to me. I don't pay them or anything like that. Right. They're working with me to help me optimize my ads, giving me tips. She said that I can email anytime if I have any questions or anything like that. So that's, you know, from what I'm seeing, Amazon wants me, wants us, wants all third party to succeed. Because if we succeed, they succeed, right? You're absolutely right. They make a lot of money. They make a lot more money off of us with our 25% net margin businesses than they do off of selling products at cost to keep the vast majority of their customers happy and returning, right? right? So they need to stay price competitive. We can't make a profit on those price competitive ASINs, but Amazon makes a lot of money when we sell our high net margin. So it's kind of like Amazon, if you think retail, right? Amazon's handling all the loss leader stuff. <laughs> the stuff that gets people in the door. We're the ones selling the end cap high margin products. 
And they let us have that territory if we're creative enough to, to get into those spaces. That's what replens are. That's what your bundles are, right? So it's a, it's a beautiful marriage if we're there to take advantage of the, the position, the offer that they're making us. Well done, man. You're doing a great job. I've got another call coming up before too long. So I, I do need to start to wrap this one up, but uh, this has been a tremendous episode. Was there anything on your mind that you wanted to make sure and get out there? Thanks for reminding me about the numbers. I typically do that myself, but you did a good job reminding me there. I appreciate that. But what else is on your mind? Anything that that we need to hit before we start to land this plane? Yeah, uh, Just one more tip that I want to give to others out there. This is um, more for people that are exploring bundling. Use social media. One of the bundles that I started selling really well, which gained real big traction, is um, it became a TikTok viral video. Hmm. And not and um, the product that I was selling was in that TikTok video. And at that point, I was the only one selling it on Amazon. Not anymore. Now, now it's been... Um, Your video or someone else's? No, no, no. It was somebody else's video, but it just coincided at the same time. And did you notice that video and then decide to sell that product? No, but now I watch TikTok videos all the time to find bundles. Gotcha. <laughs> but no, you just, just saw this spike in traffic suddenly, like, where'd this come from? And then you discovered the video. Is that how well, it happened? I saw the spike in traffic. So I went to go get more of the product. Then I was getting like three cases off the shelf. And there was somebody else over there. And she's actually a TikTok recorder. She has, I don't remember, like over 30, 40,000 followers. She's a chef. And so is her wife. And so, so she I was, told you, she told me that she said, this is really popular right now on TikTok. And then I downloaded the app. I looked at TikTok. I saw all the recipes and all the videos that were coming out based on this product. And so I was like, wow. So me and her, we were, we were talking at the um, store for, I don't know, maybe like 20, 30 minutes. We ended up exchanging numbers. We've met um, online before through Zoom. And um, the goal is, for her and her wife to start once once I get a little bit more established to start promoting products and adding the Amazon link at the bottom. That's amazing. Yeah, it's those it's those connections, those relationships. Those are the pivot yeah. points that you look back on and go, "Wow, imagine if I hadn't said something at that brief moment in time to that stranger, and now look what we've done together." Yeah, yeah. that that's that's just the uh, the spice of business. Right, those relationships it just makes it so interesting and entertaining and and fulfilling. Great story, man. I think that's a good ending, good place to end. Unless there's anything else that, that on your list or anything we needed to cover, I think this has been a tremendous episode. I learned a lot. No, I think we've covered um everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I went into some details, and um, I'm I'm happy that I was able to share my experience and my journey. And um, beautiful. Hope to add more onto it later on. Yeah, I can't wait to get you back. When you have that fifty thousand dollars month, let's get you back on, man, because it's coming. It's coming. It's inevitable at this point. And then a hundred thousand after that, it's just uh, you're on. That's your trajectory. And I hope you don't mind me sharing this here, but I want to emphasize one thing about one of the reasons I enjoyed this episode more than the listener has today. Until I tell this bit of the story, is because I see this happen so often. I approached you and said, "Say, hey, Zahir, I noticed your post. You've got some momentum, man. Let's share your story. And, and, and you pushed back a little bit saying, ah, I'm not quite there yet. I don't know if I've got quite enough to share. And here we are with one of the most golden nugget filled episodes of recent memory. If you just document it out, there's so much here. And the reason I say that is because I know there's other people listening to this show who have a very similar potential to really help us all learn some really interesting new lessons, but they feel like, oh, my story's not big enough yet. 
Well, I'm more interested in the trajectory than I am the location currently. Your destination is a, is a beautiful place, not too long from now. And we have a chance to, to really motivate some people to think to themselves, hey, he's just a few months in. Look what he's doing. I could do that for a few months, focus in and, and work something big into my future. So thank you for that, Zaheer. And thank you for being on the show today. And thank you for letting me kind of talk you into it. It wasn't that hard to talk you into it, but thank you for letting me get you on board today. Very articulate, tremendous story, lots of great details. So thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. It was um, it was great. Uh, I, I, you know, I really enjoy this community. It's it's very positive, very welcoming, and very knowledgeable. I'm just glad to be able to share in whatever I can. Yeah, beautiful. Hey, hey, and you're coming to the Proven Conference as well in August. I'm I'm so looking forward to it. I mean, I I've I've talked to my coaches about it and to uh, a small group of other people, and I mean, from what everybody is saying is that it's just like I mean, words can't describe it. Yeah. what I'm hearing. Like, oh, it, it'll be life-changing. Your first one, you'll never forget. It's like a big family reunion of people that get you, right? And, and inspire and encourage you. Uh, it's, it's a really special environment. I'm so glad you're going to be there. Yeah, hundreds of us are descending on Louisville, Kentucky, August 12th through 14th, 2022. Zaheer's going to be there, along with the vast majority of the guests that you've heard on this show the past several months, all of our coaches, not all of them will be there, but the vast majority of our 60 coaches will be there, including Zaheer's coaches. They're going to be there. Last I heard, it's going to be a tremendous event. So let me just talk to the listeners for a moment, Zaheer, and and wrap up with a couple of closing comments here. I, I truly hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I say that all the time, but even if you weren't listening today, I had a blast, but I think if you're paying attention and taking notes, this is maybe one of those episodes you want to listen to a second time because there's so many good nuggets in there. You also will want to visit the notes, the show notes for this episode. If you're on YouTube, maybe scroll down to the description area. We got a lot of good links for all the stuff we talked about today. If you're ready to get started, all of the content that Zaheer has learned is in one destination, proven Amazon course. It's got all the different modules. That's what he's been coached through as well. He elected to get one of our coaches to help work through the process. And our coaches, of course, are our most successful students who commit a few hours a week to work with our most serious students who are just getting started. It's a beautiful arrangement. Like I said, we've got about 60 coaches. So give us a call. There'll be a link in the show notes to Jim Cockrum Coaching. That's the coaching team that I get the honor of working with every day around here. So from our entire team and the podcast team and the administrators and the moderators, the content creators and the coaches, hey, God bless you. Thanks for hanging out with here and I today. We'll have another awesome episode for you again real soon. And Zaheer, one last shout out, man. You were awesome today, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jim. And we'll talk to all the listeners next time. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.